our most popular episode to date is our Business Model Canvas podcast. We briefly covered each of the nine building blocks of the Business Model Canvas in that podcast. In response to many requests from our audience, we are providing nine podcast episodes addressing each building block separately in greater depth. The Business Model Canvas, developed by Alexander Osterwalder, is a template often used to develop ideas and a monetization strategy for a startup venture. This episode is the ninth of nine and will cover revenue streams. Our favorite tools for entrepreneurs podcast addresses tools and concepts that are useful for the launch and growth of entrepreneurial ventures. Your two hosts will be Professor Gary Palin and serial entrepreneur Ryan Budden. Hello, Professor Palin. How are you? Oh, peachy keen. How are you? Yeah, doing fantastically. Thanks. Hey, we've gotten together to discuss the final section of the business model canvas, the revenue streams. So revenue streams, I always like to wait to last because it's the fun part. Essentially, revenue streams is how are you going to make money? How is this business going to make revenue? And it's not how and then if is a consideration. If you're not making revenue, then there is no business. Well, that's exactly right. Cash is king, right? And we always tend to go back to cash flow, don't we? We do. I think it's the lifeblood of any organization. So how are you going to generate those revenues is the question. It's very important to plan up front on how those revenue and how that cash in essence will flow into the business. Right. This is your opportunity to look at the market as it exists and see what your competitors are doing, what industry norms are, what people are willing to pay so you can do some predictive analysis on what you're going to be able to bring in from the customer. Also, you can apply your creativity with this, where people tend not to think of the financial side as creative. But if you can come up with a differentiation point to the marketplace, then that can increase the revenue streams. And very often you can charge a premium based on that. That's exactly right. And whether this is a good or a service, you can also look at scaling it. So the more goods or services you sell, you can actually see these numbers start to go across the rest of the business model canvas and solve some of these hurdles that you've most likely created in each one of the boxes. With the scale component, you have to be very careful to control the cost. I believe we did a episode about uncontrolled growth versus controlled growth because right. very often if you're driving it, you have to keep feeding, say for example, you have to keep feeding back your revenue back into inventory and it can be a vicious cycle. So you want to control that and be predictive of that. And how many times have we seen organizations not do that well? Someone that releases a new product that everybody's very excited about and very quickly they can't keep up with demand. So you end up having customers that are leaving with a bad taste in their mouth instead of being able to get ahead of that and keep the product flow. Individuals typically think of the revenue stream solely as the sale of the product or services, but there are other areas if you're creative, you can apply subscription fees you can charge for advertising, for example, if you're doing a podcast or a website, licensing fees. There are other sources of revenue that you can implement in addition to the sale of the product. And that makes it much easier, the survivability, the growth of the business, if you are applying multiple areas for the revenue. Big one is revenue sharing as well. I see a lot of startup organizations really excelling in the revenue share model because they're able to leverage previous relationships or companies that are much more stable in the industry that they're getting into to help them get on their feet and move forwards. I also like, if I possibly can, to set up a recurring revenue. 
if someone's not familiar with that, for example, if you have a Netflix, you pay on a month or your internet fees, it's a month and it's every month that's coming in. It's recurring revenue. If you can come up with a model with recurring revenue, there's much more stability. And by the way, it's easier to raise funds for a model with recurring revenue. MRR, monthly recurring revenue, is, is a lot of funding is based on what that number looks like. So even if it's not totally reoccurring, how can you monetize a single customer more than once? You hear that a lot being referred to as an upsell, making sure there are different levels. It's not a one-stop and then leave. And when you're looking at that revenue, I always like to look at initially what is needed to support the business, but also what's needed to support the lifestyle of the founders of the business. Sure. Yeah. Is there a base revenue that's needed to keep that flow of money through the organization so that the business can have longevity? Yeah. And you can only eat so much macaroni and cheese as the founder. Or ramen for my generation, I think. <laughs> oh, there we go. I see this really interesting, very high successes where I was beginning to worry about the founders. I can remember being in a networking event where a very seasoned entrepreneur asked me, where's the entrepreneurial talent? And I pointed to a young man. I said, see that really thin, real thin young man who's at the buffet, just scoffing down food. I think he's putting it in his pockets. I said, that's the most talented one here. He was operating a business lean and mean. <laughs> that's too funny. Hopefully that's not everybody, every founder's story. But I definitely think that most founders have been there at one point in time or another. I give those and I could give others as extremes. Some of the more interesting ones, there's always a story of a leaky roof and they just don't fix it and they put the funds back into the business. That seems to be a commonality. Those are the extremes. And I'm not advocating those extremes, but some people are prepared to do whatever it takes. Absolutely. If it's your baby, you will. So another big factor I like to look at for revenue streams is if you have multiple streams of income, what's the input required to keep up that revenue stream? So if you have a referral partnership, there's probably not too much of an input to get that referral partnership as a revenue stream. If you have an expensive good or an inexpensive good, what's required to sell the good? That can a lot of time dictate where the energy should be put based on the return on investment. And if you have multiple revenue streams, which is a good situation to be in, keep a close eye on it because you might be surprised where one you think is marginal, but turns out to be the major revenue of the business that can result in a pivot for the business to move directly towards that because the marketplace is telling that's where they want to be. And you have to listen to the marketplace. It also helps a lot with planning. If you're seeing that one product or service is attracting more customers than another, can you go more in depth to what that product or service is and move away from the product or services that aren't attracting as much? Definitely. Paying attention to the revenue stream on a continuous basis, even beyond the startup phase, is the advice I would give. The one other category I'll put in here is lost leaders. You hear a lot about products or services when they're initially launching as having that lost leader. For people that don't know what that is, it's a product or service that you know is losing money, but that's the interest grabber. It's what gets people to come into the store if you have a physical location. It's what gets people to go to the website if you're online. It's what gets people to rebook you if you're providing a service to people. I always give the example of a loss later that's easy to picture is a supermarket at Thanksgiving. The price of turkey per pound is virtually at the break even, if maybe even a little bit lower. And they're making the money on the, the fixings, the, the stuffing, the cranberry sauce, all of the other aspects that end up on the Thanksgiving table.
Yeah, that's a really good one. You often hear about gas stations. The wisdom is the gas stations sell gas pretty much at what they're buying it for. And that's why when you go into the store, a bag of chips is three times as expensive as it really should be. That's where they're really making all their money. Definitely. Are there any other final thoughts on the revenue streams before we wrap up? Have fun with it. I like to spend a lot of time on revenue stream because this is when it gets exciting. This is when you see the potential of the business. Grab an Excel document and do a multiplier. This is really exciting. And it tells you whether you are correct in your assumptions if the revenue streams keep driving at a higher rate. That's exactly right. Well, excellent. Well, I appreciate it, Ryan. You have a great day. You as well. Thanks for listening to our Favorite Tools for Entrepreneurs podcast. As always, you can head over to profspirit.com to check out more resources and courses designed for you, the entrepreneur. Please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and others to get the most up-to-date information as it is released.